This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app.
Well, good evening. This is uh, Totally Wine on Fresh FM. Help me somebody. Uh, that was Brian Eno and David Byrne from the album My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. Uh, it's December the 5th, 1981. Uh, and how are you, Jack? I'm okay. You're okay? Mm-hmm. You sure? You like that you were nodding off there? You're just enjoying the music? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah. If you don't know the album, it's like a... Uh, they just create these kind of polyrhythmic rhythms and have have voices of preachers, mm, yeah, kind of saying things like, "Help me, mm. somebody." Yeah, Brian Eno and um, what was uh, the sound engineer for Voxy Music actually, uh-huh. and then he would sometimes sing backing vocals, but uh, later on he would just go on to create and pioneer ambient music, which is mm. music that is sort of just fits into the background. Yeah. Um, and then David Byrne was the frontman of Talking Heads, uh, a big sort of rock band in the 70s and 80s. Mm. And um, they decided to coll- collab for one album, and it was called, um, what was it again? My Life in the he- B- Bush of Ghosts. Yeah. 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 Fine album. Mm. And it created the sort of framework for um, people to use samples and to do, use repetition in songs. Mm. And mm. it became quite widely adopted in hip hop. Uh, drum loops yes. were a big part of this album and I think drum loops became quite popular yeah, because did. of this yeah yeah absolutely yeah alright thank you Jack uh, I'm going to play something by Nick Cave The Birthday Party The Birthday Party yes if you don't know The Birthday Party they were a band from Melbourne Victoria and Nick Cave was and they were kind of like these proto-goths or somewhat you know post-punk half-goth half-post-punk and they would sing these like extremely blasphemous and like really sort of depressing <laughs> songs where you know they describe a scene in heaven where there's rats and trash everywhere right and it's ironic because you know t- about 34 years later Nick Cave is creating you know um, what was it called the something tree the skeleton tree the skeleton tree yeah where the, t- the first song on the album is called Jesus Alone and it's yeah and it's all this worship music the secular mu- wor- worship music I think he's always had yeah. a spiritual side you know clearly even if you sing about you know s- some dark stuff you've yeah. still got some spiritual stuff going on I guess yeah. I but guess like so. when I heard this in 81 I thought where are they from <laughs> someone said Australia and I just just really I was quite flummoxed by it really I don't mm. know why because you know I don't know why did you have an impression of Australia as a uh, uh, just um, I guess um just just a, a place of farmers and things and I don't really do much much impression really I was very young then I see well 16 <laughs> but you didn't I know mean, what to make really of thought much about it really of Australia okay. no no mm. but I didn't think they were making uh, things like this
or the birthday party and release the bats. Uh, so we were having conversation then about you know, my surprise that it was from Australia. Yeah. And my comment was, um, it didn't sound Australian. What what does Australian what well, sound that's, like? That's 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 the because at the time, I mean, ACDC was the biggest Australian band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in a way, they've become the most influential Australian yes, yes. Um, rock that, group, at least. Yeah. And there yeah. have been other other Australian bands, probably that mm-hmm. I hadn't. I mean, the Bee Gees are vaguely from Australia, I believe. Oh right, okay. They are, I see. Um, but probably relocated to the UK or something and anyway in the modern day we have um, Tame Impala and uh, ah. uh, li- the Lizard Wizards um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards yeah, yeah. But, oh, um, yeah and Carly Minogue and, oh, yeah. and all sorts of other very mm. good Australian bands yeah um, yeah but uh, yeah I, I, I was young that's uh, all I can say I want to apologise to the whole of Australia for saying that <laughs> that I didn't know what Australian music should sound like mm-hmm. and equally um, in New Zealand uh, Flying Nun Records started in 1981 uh, and when I heard them for the first time this track I'm going to play I also thought wow New Zealand mm. like but it doesn't sound like what New Zealand should sound like. But then again, what should New Zealand sound like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there was a, a burgeoning kind of new wave uh, movement in uh, New Zealand, often focused around Dunedin. Uh, and this is The Clean. And it's a track called Point That Thing Somewhere Else.
much the clean from 1981 and pointing that thing somewhere else. Uh, and I, I apologise to the whole of New Zealand as well, just in case I've offended anyone by being surprised that. Are we going know, to? Um, when I was are we going to apologise to the whole world tonight? No, just I'm just kind of saying that I was, you know, a 16 year old uh-huh. in a, in a bedroom somewhere thinking New Zealand. How can they make music like that there? But <laughs> Of course they could. I mean, you know, it, it was very. It's kind they of. Have they have electricity. <laughs> well, it wasn't that. Well, it wasn't that kind of bad. But you know, just saying. Hmm. I was. I was just. I was amazed, and you know, I followed Flying Nun ever since. Flying Nun, incidentally, was was named after the TV series, The Flying Nun. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with that series? No. Uh, it was about a group of nuns, uh, and one of whom could fly when the wind caught her wimple. Uh what? It's true. A wimple? What's a wimple? Well, that's what the nuns wear, isn't it? The, the <laughs> head scarves? Could be. I don't know. Oh, it's called a wimple? Yeah, it is. Look it up. Okay. Anyway, anyway let's move okay. on before we get into trouble. Huh. Um, and give us some news from 1981, Jack. Some news? Anything uh, at all. Okay. Uh, so, Lady Diana Spencer has just married Charles, the Prince of Wales. Oh, yeah. In uh, St. Paul's Cathedral in London, uh, where 600,000 people witnessed the historic event in person and crowds and yeah. 3,500 guests attended and there were 750 million people who watched it worldwide on television, <laughs> which is pretty big, actually, for yeah. television. Televised and on a day off work, there were street parties that everyone put kind of tables outside in the street and everyone got together and stuff. Oh, I, mm. I guess punk truly died then because, you know, you God Save the Queen was no longer, you know, the uh, anthem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't see the wedding, Jack. I actually, did, actually did look a bit into this, and apparently, there were lots of peop- depressed punks in 1981. Depressed. It felt like it had just the movement had died out, and then they a lot of them actually embraced goth music. Interestingly enough, yes, yes. a lot of goth music comes out in 1981. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, Diana and Charles get married. Diana is a common woman. Charles is a prince, and that's it's right. like a modern fairy it's tale. It's a fairy tale. And she wasn't really a commoner, Jack, but you oh. know, her her dad was an earl, so an earl, oh, okay, earl Spencer. Yeah. But but she was she wasn't a kind of royal person, I guess. Yeah, so she wasn't. It felt like a royalty. fairy tale. Thing. She, she was no. very kind of shy, and she hid behind this kind of this uh, what do you call a fringe? Fringe. You know, and looked yeah. underneath it, you know. And everyone, everyone really liked her. Yeah, everyone was charmed by. They were charmed by uh, her. Yeah. Diana Spencer. And then also, uh, I want to mention that a New Zealand opera singer named Kiri Tikanawa uh, performed Handel's aria "Let the Bright Seraphim" at their wedding. Yeah. So a New Zealander performed at it. So yeah. that's cool. That's very good. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'll change tack totally and go to um, the west coast of America t- for uh, a band called Black Flag. Six back! 
Black Flag from uh, the west coast of America. So punk was alive there, clearly. Uh, and a track called Six Pack. I think that refers to the, s- the beer in a thing. Yeah. Rather than my chest. No. You know? Yeah. It's not going to refer to that. No. no. Well, where's a six? Is that, it's, 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 it's the torso muscles, isn't it? It's not the yeah, chest, the torso muscles, yeah. That's a six pack. Well, no, it's the abdomen. Abdomen, abdomen. muscles. Yes. Like, like, like you can see now that I'm showing you. <laughs> Just for the record, I cannot see anything. <laughs> I don't even know. I want to be truthful to our listeners. <laughs> I don't even know what a six pack looks like. Mm. I've obviously never had one. Simon has just apologised to too many people tonight. Yeah, I so don't t- want to make any more apologies. No, no, absolutely. You, um, tell us about gothic music then, because it was kind of emerging. Yeah, it was getting popular. People, people wearing makeup and wearing, having black hair and that kind of stuff. There's a lot of sort of despondent music. Yeah. In this time, and I think it's because I guess punk had liberated people. Yeah. To you know create music that they wanted to and you know the musician was no longer a sacred um you know object that they had to you know aspire to yes. now they could make their own music but then they just discovered it just sort of ran out of energy and then they embraced goth yes and um i mean one massive uh band of the goth movement was Bauhaus. yeah and peter murray is sometimes called the godfather of goth he's his instru- influence went beyond music and he became a pop um culture figure and his own face became the inspiration for certain characters and comic books and, book oh, and right. books. Yeah, oh, okay. um, Bella Lugosi's "Dead" is massively influential as a song. Yes, uh, it's been used in lots of TV shows, and it's it's funny though because Bauhaus rejected the term goth. They wanted it to be called dark glam. Dark glam. Yeah, but eventually it just got so gained traction, and they just they just eventually. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think punk gave people the ability or permission to kind of dress up mm, you know yeah. it's like a dressing up kind of thing so we had this kind of new romantic movement where people wore these kind of puffy shirts and you know uh you know kind of very glamorous kind of clothes but, but also the goths were dressing up too in kind of dark clothes you know makeup mm. and all that kind of thing so it, it was a time for dressing up yeah i guess this Fashion. is about this is bad house anyway uh this is called kick in the eye Let's go for 
as the kings and queens of gothic music Bauhaus kicking the eye followed by Susie and the Banshees and Into the Light what was happening in this this fair country in 1981 well on 1st of February there was a grave grave incident and everybody knows this year about um, uh, the Springbok tour and mm. how you know infamous it was how controversial it was but first I want to talk about cricket and Australian c- captain uh, Greg Chappell and his b- told his brother Trevor to bowl the final delivery of a one-day cricket international against New Zealand underarm along the ground. Yeah. And that was apparently still a legal bowl back then. It, it was legal, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, New Zealand's number 10 batsman, Brian McKenney, tried to, you know, hit it and he just, he just couldn't, you know, do such a dirty bowl and probably bat it. Yes. Um, and then New Zealand Prime Minister Muldoon called the underarm ball an act of true cowardice. Right. Yeah. And his Australian counterpart, <laughs> Malcolm Fraser, <laughs> agreed that it was contrary to the traditions of the game. It wasn't cricket, was it? Mm, yeah. Mm. But I'm just glad our premiers were able to come to Some an agreement of... about Trevor Chappell's yeah. um, egregious um, <laughs> disrespect of the spirit it of... It doesn't say much for Australia and New Zealand to have a bit of a... Bit of a bit of a disagreement, is it really? A spat over sports. Yeah, yeah, they do seem to love each other, but when it comes to sport, it's kind of different, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, I mean, bowling like along the ground, seriously. Yeah. What a what a dastardly, isn't it? Low and dastardly. It's low act. and dastardly. Yeah. Yes, it is mm. indeed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the Springbok tour. Oh, divided okay. the oh yes, the, oh yeah, the Springbok the tour. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. so yeah, that was. Um, that was a real riot. Uh, lots of violence incidents around the country in the winter of 1981, where there were just lots of civil disturbances. Um, uh, families were against each other. People were yeah, divided, yeah. saying that politics and sport shouldn't mix, or you know this is bigger than sport. And um, it was ironic as well because the previous year, lots of New Zealand athletes didn't go to the 1980 Olympics to protest apartheid. That's right, and. Now they were allowing the Springboks to go to New Zealand. Mm. Rugby. Yeah, rugby. Different, uh, perhaps for some people, different rules for different sports. But, but, but yes, but perhaps. the reason why it did happen um, in terms of legal reasons, mm. rugby isn't a Olympic sport. No, that's right. So yes. the Springboks were by allowed to go. authorities. Yeah, controlled yeah. by different authorities. That's why, yeah. you know, Olympics, they were banned. Rugby, was, it was allowed to have the go-ahead. Yes. Yeah. Mm. All right. Okay. Thank you, Jack. A divided nation. Interesting. Uh, this is this is a killing joke uh, and a song. I've got my tongue firmly in my cheek right now. It's called "Follow the Leaders." Mm-hmm.
That's killing joke and uh, follow the leaders. Uh, it's a kind of dub version rather than the original version. But anyway, how long was the original? Uh, a bit shorter. Oh, it was a hit single, I think. Okay. Mm, Bad cool. voc- vocals to it, but that didn't. Because anyway. Oh, okay. I quite like that version. Mm. Mm. You enjoyed that bass line, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, one country that wasn't following following the leaders though uh. was Poland. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Solidarity. Yep, the Solidarity Movement. So in 1981, in the December, um, military leaders in Poland declared a state of emergency and they placed the nation under martial law. And then the government arrested the leaders of the Solidarity, Solidarity Trade Union who had been making progress in what was described as a revolution. And it was actually a really peaceful revolution as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the move cut off the Polish people from the rest of the world and... Um, it imposed curfews and the United States responded by placing economic sanctions on the country and authoritarian, the authoritarian-led government claimed that the crackdown was necessary to prevent a civil war but we don't believe that because they then went on to crush the political opposition coming from the Solidarity Movement mm-hmm. and there were no indications that it was going to get violent no. and the martial law was kept in place until July of 1983 and many of the political prisoners were not released until 1986. Mm. Yes, yes. It was a very, a very subtle revolution that was quickly put down, but didn't ever go away, because obviously, eventually, mm. they, um, yeah, they kind of just endured on and yeah, lived on. And it did, it did. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it was, I mean, the union was called Solidarity, so it was kind of like a, a big thing at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Jack. This is public image.
Public Image Limited and Flowers of Romance. Uh, so what was being invented in 81? I know I was there, but I've forgotten. Insulin. Insulin? Yeah. Well, insulin's already existed, but it was made well, into... Artificially produced art- insulin, yeah, I yeah. should say. Okay. Yeah, artificially produced insulin. Handy. Um, became the world's first genetically engineered protein to treat human disease, uh, the human disease of diabetes. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised it was that mm. recent. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It, anyway. it hasn't. Y- you hear of these other, you know, artificially sort of produced medicines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you think, oh, really, that was produced in eighteen hundred? Yes. But um, no, insulin is quite recent. Oh, okay. Um, then we also have MS DOS being released by Microsoft. Ah, oh, yeah, operating system. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That was exciting. Yeah. You just had like like uh, like letters on a screen, mm-hmm. and you had to know the code. And now whenever we see those letters on our screen, we think our computer has crashed, and usually it has. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, mm. see yeah, um, colon slash, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm. Instead of causing excitement and optimism. It's never causes. exciting, but um, uh, I, anyway. Sure. That's, that's, that's history really now, isn't it? Uh-huh. Some people still like that, don't they? Yeah. What do you mean? The or nostalgic computer types. Yeah, then nostalgic for like DOS, for DOS. Yeah, mm, probably. I can see that. Yeah. Mm. Anything else invented? Uh, well, there was the space shuttle uh, USA Columbia, I believe it was called. Ah. Um, the idea was that they wanted a shuttle they could just keep using because they were tired of you know launching all of this rocket yeah. into space, ah. and it not being not coming back again, camp- coming back again, or not Floating being usable, debris and space. Yeah, and reusable shuttle. Yeah, we use we use the bus sh- shuttle. Yeah, right. Um, it's just like how. Um, but you know, we can't we can't even have a reusable light bulb, can we? But they can make a reusable shuttle. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I'd imagine the reusable shuttle has only a few, only so many uses right. in it. But more than one, though. More than one is better than like my once. light bulbs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, thank you, Jack. Uh, this is uh, defunct. I want to dance, I want to party, I want to get down tonight with the default, I want to dance, I want to party hearty, I want to get down tonight with the default, I want to dance, I want to party hearty, I want to get down tonight with the default, I want to dance, I want to party hearty, I want to get down tonight with the default, I want to dance, I want to party hearty, I want to get down tonight with the default, I want to dance, I want to party hearty, I want to get down tonight with the default, I want to dance, That the way you look at me is what's keeping me silent. I live for you, but you want me to drop dead. I live for you, but you want me to drop dead. 
stay when everyone is leaving. I want to keep you in my view forever. I live for you, but you want me to drop dead. I live for you, but you want me to drop dead. But I have to keep cool I am so out But you're keeping me right here I live for you But you want me to drop dead I live for you But you want me to drop dead But you want me to drop it? 
Defunct and the song was called Defunct and it's from the album Defunct like yeah, not self-explanatory self-explanatory really. D-E-F-U-N-K-T <coughs> like that uh, anyway uh, we've come to the end of the show one more, one more song we're going to play some New Order yeah so last week we talked about the sad death of Ian Curtis and Joy Division mm-hmm. and they, they started a new band a new called band. New Order and they were described in, when they went to New York and they played a song uh, a performance there they were described as you know a New Order as is if this band was like a new order and yes then they just took that name right so um they went to visit new york they while they were still mourning his death they were exposed to post disco freestyle and electro to the new york music scene yeah and even listened to italian disco apparently to just cheer themselves right and um morris taught himself drum programming and uh they nice. came up with a completely new sound pretty good pretty good Okay, thank you. Uh, this is, this is uh, the song ceremony. So, uh, this is Totally Wild on Fresh FM, and we're going to go now. We're back next week, mm-hmm. and we'll be still in 1981. Yep. Hope you can join us. Mm, good Have night. Have a good week. Good night.
Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.